Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Turnbuckle Takeover Podcast, Episode 4. I'm your host, Billy Bailey. And man, this week has just been a lot of news. <laughs> there is just so much to go over. I almost don't know where to begin. Um, kind of a quick update real quick on SmackDown tonight. I was actually able to watch it, so I'll be able to recap it. Um, the Hawkster came back tonight. Uh, I'll get into that once I get into SmackDown, but that's kind of a big story because I kind of might know where they're going with this. Um, excellent week of wrestling, pretty much. There was a couple boring parts, and I will get into that as we get on also. Um, Raw was hot this week. It seemed like they, they are still building towards the WrestleMania season, and that's what these couple months are about, and it's all built around Drew McIntyre. That's what I'm really feeling. Um, he's just, un I feel like they are building him to an unstoppable force, and it, it, he can't lose at this point. <laughs> I just hope he doesn't lose any match until we get to Mania. So that'll take us into Raw this week, and that's where we're going to begin with the Raw recap. Uh, speaking of Drew McIntyre, so we had an MVP lounge. Now, I had reported on the last episode, I thought this was a one-off for MVP. I'm guessing I was wrong. So there's one thing about MVP I do like. He can talk. And if there's anything he can do well, it is create a promo. So with that being said... Drew McIntyre comes out. He is the guest on the MVP lounge. Uh, they talk about their past. MVP's telling McIntyre, you know, maybe you need a manager. Maybe you need somebody like Paul Heyman. And McIntyre's reaffirming the fact, I don't need anybody. I am a one-man show. I'm the guy that's going to take Brock out. I don't need anybody. So we get some argument back and forth, blah, blah, blah. And then, boom, Claymore kicked by Drew after he's heard enough from MVP after a little cockiness from him. Um, overall, pretty good segment. Um, if MVP is staying at as a manager or as a figurehead of somebody, I'm okay with that. I could actually see him being really good for somebody like um, uh, maybe like an Apollo Crews or, or somebody that needs help. Because there's a couple guys that will, could really use a manager. Um, so that was a that was a pretty long, decent-sized segment for this week. Um, I felt Raw kind of went a little smooth this week compared to watching SmackDown earlier. Um, I don't know. Uh, it, it just seemed a little smoother. Um, we had Asuka and Becky. Uh, again this week for the title. Um, I, I really wish they'd keep Oscar off of Mike. I know I said it last week, but my gosh. She, it does, again, like I said, and I'm not trying to repeat myself, but it's the right, it, it, it's, it, she's not speaking English. And if you don't know that language, then it's, not, it, you're wasting time with it. They, she doesn't need to be on the mic against Becky. They tell the story in the ring. But the big thing that happened was the end of the match with Shayna Baszler. She comes out, she attacks Becky, and she bites her in the back of the neck. 
I didn't even know what to say. I'm just kind of sitting there like, what just happened? Did she just vampire her? And then I got to thinking. The little research, making sure I was right. There was a guy in the business in the 60s and in the 70s, and he was before that too, but I don't remember him doing it in the 50s. But Classy Freddy Blassie, as a heel, would bite people everywhere. The neck, the arm, the back of the arm, and the neck, everywhere. So, um, it's not a big deal. It's just how they did it. They didn't do it right. Had she just bit her in the arm and then maybe put a submission on? Or, or, or maybe done something else to the back of the neck. I think that would have made a little bit more sense. But just having her bite the neck like a vampire. And then she comes up, she's got blood all over her mouth. And to be honest, that didn't look like blood to me. But, I mean, you're not going to literally have blood completely around your... If you bite somebody, there might be a drizzle of blood on you. But it's going to take a minute for that to bleed. She automatically... It wasn't like she was sitting down there gnawing on her neck. It was just a very strange angle. Like the whole, that, that was just so, I don't know if that was Heyman or who it was, but it was just, it was weird. It was way over the top. I think it was too over the top. And it, I don't think it was necessary. She could easily come out, just attack her, use a chair, use the belt, use anything. There's, there's props all over the ring. I mean, yeah, is it the same old, same old? But yeah, it is the same old, same old. Wrestling sometimes is going to fall into that same old, same old stuff. Where you're going to see the same storylines rehashed. But that's just... It happens in every genre of, of entertainment. It's just a rehashing of stuff done a different way. Um, so it looks like I'm, they're building towards Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens. Towards, the, towards a feud. That's what I think is probably going to happen. Um, you know, we got the whole uh, eight-man tag for set up for later. Another eight-man tag with Seth Rollins' people and the Viking Raiders and Owens and Samoa Joe. And it just keeps going and going and going. They're going to run out of ideas with this, I'm, I'm thinking. Or I'm hoping. Because it's, again, we're starting to rehash the same stuff. We've had a six-man tag. We've had an eight-man tag. We've had tag matches between the eight different ways. Like, I, I, I like the feud. I know the feud is set for Rollins and Owens, but, I mean, let's let's maybe ease up on some of the same matches over and over. It's kind of getting, you know, repetitive. Uh, we had a squash match. The Sarah Logan chick. Poor thing. <laughs> like, she... They don't know what to do with her, I don't think. She's lost in the shuffle. So, it's she's getting squashed. And, you know, Rhea Ripley, you know she had no chance to be her. So, I mean, that was just like... <laughs> I mean, of course, Charlotte Flair come out, cut a promo on Rhea. You know, so, I mean, we got advancement in that storyline, which... That's... I mean, at that point, you know... That was just a waste of space. I think they could have done something else on Raw... I feel like that, that match wasn't really needed. Um, here's one match that really did bother me on Raw. Ricochet and Lashley. Now, I know it seems like they're probably prepping Ricochet to take on a big guy, and Lashley's a good guy for him to work with. But, however, 
Again, Lashley losing does not help Lashley at all, guys. Come on, booking committee. It does not help a guy that is... He's got everything, and you're putting him in the crappiest situations that you could possibly put the poor guy in. And now you got him with Ricochet, and once I knew the match was made, I was thinking to myself, well, I already know who's going to win this match, so tell me where the suspense is in this. There is none. Because there was no way that Bobby Lashley was going to beat Ricochet, considering that Ricochet is getting ready to take on Brock at Super Showdown. I mean, there you have it. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's, you, you can, you can try to fool some fans, and then there's some fans you cannot fool. And it's, <sighs> rehashing this is not necessary. Um, I feel like um, Lashley deserves a lot better. Maybe a, a United States title run would be great for Lashley. I know Andrade's getting ready to come back from the suspension. Um, so, I don't know. Maybe give that to him, but I, it's not set up for him to get. So, uh, it's just a, that that match was unnecessary for Lashley. Ricochet could have went over anybody else except for that guy. <laughs> so, here we go. Farther back for Lashley, he goes on the train and he's sitting all the way in the back seat waiting for a new angle. Which, I have a feeling Lashley's going to be doing that for a while until they finally pull the trigger on Brock and Lashley. Um, so, it looks like next up we had a promo with Matt Hardy. And here's another thing I guess I was wrong with. I thought Matt Hardy was done after last week. I thought that was his write-off. Into the Sunset, the Future Endeavors, all that good stuff that comes with the WWE release. I figured he was done. 24 hours ago, they decide to go on social media and announce that there's going to be an Orton, Matt Hardy, no hose barred match on Raw next week. I like it. I'm interested in it because of the promo that Matt cut this week on Raw. Which, by the way, learn how to cut a promo, guys. That's how you cut a promo. If you want to learn, Matt Hardy took something that happened years ago. Almost decades. At least one decade ago. He took a personal situation that they made into a great angle. But he still showed respect for Edge. At the same time of reminding people the history of him and Edge. While he's cutting this promo, he's doing that. He's giving you the structure of the angle while he's cutting the promo. And that, my friends, is how you do it. Matt Hardy, congratulations on you for cutting a good promo and and getting their eyes to say, you know, the booker's eyes to say, oh my gosh, this is Matt Hardy. He's, he can, Matt Hardy's a good worker, Vince. Um, maybe not as good as he was in a ring 10 years ago. However, Matt is a great, mind of the business and if they gave him a chance to let him do some of his creative stuff eventually it would get over and Matt's going to have to rely on that in this day and age so especially with his knee problems and every other situation that sometimes Matt runs into Matt has to rely on character and that's fine because that's part of wrestling 
Uh, we ended up having the eight-man tag uh, with the Messiah group and the other group. And Seth Rollins' team wins. Little brawl broke out also. I mean, there's really not anything else to touch on that. I mean, it's just a continuation of the Seth Rollins-Kevin Owens feud that we're probably going to end up getting. So, that was Raw this week. Uh, like I said, Raw was, uh, I don't know, I'll give it a good 6.5 out of 10. I think the matches were good. Um, by the way, Aleister Black won another squash match, if you wanted to know that also. But that doesn't really matter. He's just going to run through the whole... Whatever. He's just going to keep running through people. Um... Again, I want to thank everybody for viewing last week's episode. Uh, I'm staying above 50 views. Uh, last week was the least that people watched, and that's okay. People are busy. Um, keep watching. Hit that like and subscribe button. Uh, that's the biggest thing. If you can subscribe, that gets me looked at more. So please do that. I know you guys are watching on YouTube, and that's awesome. Uh, YouTube's the place to go to watch it, along with Spotify. I have Spotify. Um... Uh, you want to listen to it in your car. You're on a long road trip. You want to hear some Billy Bailey talk some wrestling. It's on Spotify. Um, I'm not going to try to bounce around too much this week. I'm trying to stay with the shows. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and go into Impact, considering that's on Tuesday. Um, Impact was kind of weak this week. Uh, there wasn't anything really. Uh, there was a couple things story and line enhancement-wise. Uh, the matches weren't so much flat as always on Impact. Usually the matches end up being... The matches on paper don't look good, but they end up being good. And they need to switch that up. It needs to be both. But if if I'm a fan who doesn't watch Impact, I need to be interested in a match before I can tune into the other stuff. Um, now, Falaba took on Ethan Page. Uh, great job by Falaba. Fallabaugh is one of those guys, I think he's probably one of those guys I'd love to meet. I think he would be a cool guy to hang out with. He's got that vibe. But I also think Fallabaugh would be a great heel. Uh, they did try it here for the last few months. They were making him more tough and more serious, and he was getting more over. And now they've kind of gone back to the comedy a little bit. Not as much. He looks like he's going to be teaming with TJP. Uh, I'm cool with that because Impact needs some tag teams, and I think they work well together for some reason. Uh, I don't know if they're friends in the behind the scenes or what, but they have got decent chemistry. They really do. Um, that was a pretty good match. I felt like Falaba finally shined. Uh, he got a victory uh, without getting any help, and I, I, I think that's what he needed, and that's kind of moving him up a little bit in the rankings, and I'm starting to see a star develop there. Hopefully Vince won't get his hands on Fala. I, I kind of want Fala to stay in impact. I think he can be a homegrown talent, and I think they need to keep some of their homegrown talent as best they can. Uh, Michael Elgin. Um, and, and Eddie Edwards. I can't... Elgin is... And Edwards, they just keep having good matches. This is a best of five series. This is match number two, and Elgin went up 2-0. and Um... You really can't say much about this match. It did everything it needed to. I see Elgin losing this one. And probably another one to Eddie. And we get the final, which I think would probably end up being at Sacrifice. And that would be a good match to have at Sacrifice. That's your workhorse match. And that would be pretty good. 
So I'm hoping it's in a cage too. I think that's the best way to end a best of five anymore. A cage match is the end all or be all. That's it. Once you're in a cage, that, that should be the end of an angle. The cage match in the 80s meant so much because of that. You knew if it was a cage match, this is going to get nasty. It's going to get dirty, filthy. And it's, it's going to be the end of the angle. That's just how it was. And it, wrestling got away from that. And I don't understand that. Because a cage match is supposed to be like, oh my gosh. They're getting in the cage. I'm going to get my pizza ready. I'm going to get me a lip. I'm going to get my gimmick. And let me sit back and watch this beat down. Whoever's going to get it. Um, so we did have Joey Ryan versus RVD. Uh, they have been having an angle, as I stated last week. They did some backstage stuff where RVD attacked Ryan. Uh, RVD got the win here. Uh, I didn't really care for this match. Uh, it wasn't bad. I don't know. It just wasn't... I'm not invested. I think I'd be more invested if they were a tag team. I don't, I don't feel them wrestling each other. I think they have similar gimmicks with RVD being a cocky, like he's got the sexy girlfriends and all that stuff. Um, yeah, that really didn't... Um, it's not that it didn't go over well. It just really didn't matter, I don't think. Um, I don't see the angle going any farther. Um, Impact does have some shows coming up. Uh, it's not this week. It's next weekend. It's February 27th and the 28th. They have a show with um, Ohio Valley Wrestling. Which Al, Sh Al Snow recently purchased about a year or two ago. I think it was a year and a half. Something like that. Uh, he's got some good talent. The last time they did they drew a great house. They had to turn people away. Um, I heard they are actually almost sold out for Sacrifice. And they only have a few tickets left on for Outbreak. Uh, now they do this. Impact usually really does try to have like two good shows back to back. And they usually do it towards the end of the month when no other show is going on. This is crazy, because that week, Super Showdown is Thursday, SmackDown's Friday, Saturday's Outbreak, and then Sunday is Sacrifice. Like, man, like, I got a lot to watch this week. I mean, and not to mention, before we even get there, there's wrestling every day except Thursday next week. Insane. It actually starts Saturday this week. Or no, Sunday. It starts with Sunday of this week with TakeOver. So, Sunday TakeOver, Monday Raw, Tuesday Impact, AEW Dark on YouTube, and NWA Power if you're into that. And I'll, get a l I'll touch on that a little bit next week. Uh, it's, they're starting to have some good stuff going. I want them to develop a little bit more before we really get in-depth with NWA Power. Um, and then Wednesday, you got NXT and AEW Dynamite. Thursday, nothing. Uh, I usually catch up with NXT on that day because it's just so much to watch. And then Friday is SmackDown, and then of course the t the Impact shows on uh, Impact Plus and Twitch. The actual Saturday show is on Twitch. Sunday's on Impact Plus. So that's uh, and the big thing that happened on Impact this week. We have a new Knockouts Champion, Jordan Grace, finally got the belt. Thank God. I'm so happy. It's off Taya. I'm pretty sure she's going to feud with Tessa until they figure out what they want to do with Tessa and the belt and who she's going to feud with. Jordan Grace had a great match, and Ty had a great match also. It told a story. Johnny Bravo was involved, and there we have it. New Knockouts champion. I'm hoping she has a good feud. 
Uh, there's with Havoc or Rosemary. I think that's some money in that. Impact has a great knockouts roster. They really do. Um, so that was Impact this week. Uh, again, eh, decent show. Not too good. So I'm going to keep moving along here. There's a lot to talk about. So uh, we do have AEW Dynamite. That's what I'm going to get into next. And I've got a lot of notes for this because, man, I would have to say, personally, this was like my second favorite AEW Dynamite show. I feel like um, it flowed. I didn't fall asleep, I don't believe. So that means something. So the first match on the whole show was the Elite versus SCU for the tag titles. Um, this match was pretty good. It really, really was pretty good. Now, before the match even started, Christopher Daniels had some Dark Order stuff go on. And if you remember what I said, I did say Christopher Daniels was leader to Dark Order. I still believe it. Uh, especially after this week. He went to go look for him, and there was Christopher Daniels, and that was it. Um, there wasn't anything. It was advancement of the story. A little bit more advancement of the story. Uh, the Elite ended up winning. Uh, the Dark Order and all the tag teams exploded in the ring. It was like every tag team. Every tag team in AEW just about came out. And it was just pure chaos through the whole thing. Uh, it ended up with the, the Young Bucks um, actually shining through the whole thing. They, they basically cleaned house. Uh, the best friends helped them a little bit. They had a little thing with Orange Cassidy at the end, which I thought was hilarious. That guy is so funny. Like, if that's comedy and wrestling, that's the guy that does comedy right. I love the guy. I don't know why. Some people don't, but the little kicks to the shins, and then the Young Bucks coming back and, and doing that, that was just, I mean, that was great stuff. Um... That was a good way to end that segment on a high note for everybody. Kind of got the crowd hot for the rest of the show. Uh, you could tell Cody knows what he's doing booking. I know it's Khan helping out for majority of it, but Cody is, it's Cody's mind in there. With Jericho mixed in also. Gotta be. Uh, so the next we had the Spanish God, Sammy Guevara. Versus Dustin Rhodes. And we're in Austin, Texas, by the way. And man, Dustin was over. Like, man, when he came out, he got one of those, like, the natural Dustin Rhodes pops, like, in the pay-per-views when Dustin would come out in WCW. Like, it was just loud and, and just a thick pop. Like, he, he's just so over. Uh, great match. Sammy held his own in the match. Um, Dustin is just so good for his age. So, so very good. Uh, I would love it. And, and this is just my personal preference, okay? Dustin has deserved a world title run his entire career. From the gold dust thing, he had an intercontinental title. He had, you know, the United States title um, and all kinds of stuff. So, um, it was, he's just ready. He's been ready. I'd love AEW if they would just give him a shot at the world title. It would be it would really I think set them apart like as in okay, 
This is our guy right here. This is the guy, and I know he doesn't want it. He doesn't want to be the world champion. I know he doesn't, but he deserves it. He really does. Uh, not that it's it's hard to pull a good match out of Sammy Guevara, because I think that kid is amazing, also. Um. So Britt Baker cut another promo this week. She's getting better. I will say that. I will give her that. She's still terrible. She, they, give me a couple weeks of her not on the mic. Let her run in, do some heel stuff. But give her some work somewhere. Talk to her in the back. Tell her what she needs to do to get her character over. She's, she's talking technical terms of dentistry about abstracts and, and, and having a molecular, I don't even know what she said. It was such a technical term, I was just like, what was that? Like, I mean, sometimes being too smart in wrestling doesn't get over with the common folk. <laughs> like, I mean, I don't mean to sound mean, but that I, if you don't know anything about dentistry, then you're not going to give a shit what she just said. <laughs> so, I would just say keep her off the mic. We had Rhea, Rio, and uh, Nia Rose for the AEW Championship Women's Championship. Good match, probably Nia's best match. But if Nia won the belt, then y'all ain't got a problem with Tessa winning the belt, do you? And I'll leave that there. Y'all take it and ride the win with it how you want it. But I don't want to hear nothing now. <laughs> so, and there's reasons for that, and y'all can, if you know anything about wrestling, you know why I'm saying that. So, uh, not that I have a problem with it at all, she's not, that was probably her best match that she's had on AEW yet. Um, so, I mean, new champion, what do you say? Happened on TV, good moment for her. Um, next up we had the Inner Circle promo. Um, they just... Those guys together is such a great group. It's just the, every every interview they do. I can't. There's nothing for me. I mean, of course, Jericho's golden on the mic anyway. He's a ten out of ten on the mic. I mean, he pretty much you could be a, a used car dealer and have you walk out of there with a car that's got smoke coming out of the uh, hood, and you can hear it knocking. <laughs> like I mean, he's that good. Uh, so that was just a great promo through and through. Uh, next up was MJF versus Jungle Boy. Uh, not bad. Went a little bit too long for my tasting. I think maybe five minutes less would have been fantastic. Um, Jungle Boy is over, at least with the Texas crowd. My gosh. Um, good for him. Somebody's getting over. And I, I, that's good for AEW because they can figure out Oh, okay, well, this guy, th this guy's over, so let's have him on TV more. They can figure out who's not getting over and put it on that secondary show that they're having. So, uh, good for for Jungle Boy. He's, uh, I didn't think that was going to get over. I didn't. And we finally got a match with MJF on TV. Um, he uses the ring well, MJF. He does a lot. He reminds me of a Roddy Piper. Not the same, like, moves. He's got a little bit more in his arsenal than Piper had. But the th it's the things he does in the ring. Grabbing the arm, maybe poking the eye, hitting a low blow. Uh, when the rest turn, Warlow's helping him out, even though Piper didn't need a manager. So that's kind of where they diff you know, they're different. 
but everything else seems Roddy Piper-ish uh, with a little mix of Jericho in it. So, he's just on another level. Now, the eye-for-eye eye match. John Moxley versus Santana. Uh, Santana can cut a promo. He cut one earlier in a video like package they did. And then he cut a regular one. And the guy's just amazing on the mic. I love Santana. I've loved Santana since he was in Impact and they were LAX. I love it. I love Santana. I'm glad he got a spot here in the main event. Um, it was just, you know, Moxley. We had a false finish at the end. You know, inner circle runs out. Boom, 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 boom. And they just beat Moxley down, right? And I'm thinking, oh, I was like, somebody's going to come in and help him. No, we get it. A new member of the inner circle, Jeff Cobb. Guys, if you don't know who Jeff Cobb is, Jeff Cobb works for New Japan, and he's been a long stay in Ring of Honor, and he had a touch stint and impact on like the Twitch channels of the like the, the indie shows he was already working. He was on the show, and they threw him on there. And, of course, he's good. He's amazing. He has that Toss Island power slam that he's just... Brutal looking. The guy looks like a like a monster. Like a he reminds me of a bigger size Taz. Like the guy is just his move set is ridiculous, and he looks like a legitimate ass kisser kicker. I mean, I guess he's a legitimate ass kisser too because he's with Jericho. So I don't know. He's not signed to a contract yet that I know of. Uh, I've heard different things. Again, we're not a rumor mill here on this show, so I don't know exactly what to report yet. Uh, we'll keep your eyes open for that. Again, that was AEW Dynamite for this week. Uh, good show. Good show. If I had to give a rating out of 10, I'd probably give it an 8. Um, really no lackluster, boring segments. And uh, good for them. I want them to keep the momentum going. Uh, I'd like to see some more Cody. Not not too much more. There's enough of him. But uh, next week, I believe, is the cage match of Warlow. So that's going to be interesting. That's more advances with the MJF storyline, uh, which is probably the best storyline going on in wrestling right now, MJF and Cody Rhodes. And I cannot wait for that pay-per-view and for that match. Uh, next up's NXT. We're into Wednesday night at 30 minutes, which I'm doing pretty good on time. That's basically where I want to be at. Uh, NXT this week was, um, was good. Um... Had its moments to shine. Um, I guess I'll start off. Roderick Strong. He is just. He challenges dreams. He had a great match. Bronson Reed. Um, they had a great opener. Strong ends up winning. But during the match. There were some mind games with the dream. With some Rick Rude attire. And he had Roderick Strong's family on his attire. Wow. Here's my only problem with that. That's a heel move. I know he's getting under the skin of Roderick Strong. Rick Rude was never a baby face. Let me just get that out there. And I get that that Velveteen Dream is very all about doing 80s things. He's done Hogan. Well, he did Hollywood Hogan, so that's 90s. But he's all about doing like Macho Man and Hogan and you know Steamboat or anybody he can do. Uh, I guess his favorites. Uh, and they're gonna have a, you know, they're gonna have a match next week on NXT. Uh, that looks like that's a new angle that could be starting up. Uh, I guess it's really not new, but it's it's 
it's going to be a good angle. It really is. Because those two are just great. Did anybody watch NXT? Because if you did, you've seen the bruiserweights do this angle where they're trying to find a way to get to the arena. This was hilarious. And it played out through the whole NXT show. This is golden. Please don't ever break, don't break this tag team up for a while. Let it go. Sometimes Vince is lucky enough, and this is more so Triple H, but to just throw a couple guys together that doesn't really look like a tag team or have any matching gear. But these guys are so badass that their skits are so great too. And it's just like, man, this is golden. Just keep it together for a while. So now, when that feud actually does happen, that is going to be what I call nuclear hot. That is going to be awesome, <laughs> but I don't know, I just can't wait to sit back and watch that unfold. That's going to be ridiculous. Um, on to some women's action, uh, Candice LeRae and Dakota, Dakota Kai, uh, good filler match. I was going to start fast forwarding through it and it got good and I was like, oh, whoa, okay, I'll watch this. Uh, Tegan Knox actually attacked Dakota. Um, it was a good brawl. It looked it looked real. And when brawls look real, that gets them over. The crowd was hot through the whole brawl. And that means something. That means you didn't waste your time with it. And it, it, it really did I mean it 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 did what it needed to do. Uh it got the uh I think it got Tegan Knock a little bit more over. I like her. I don't know why. I just do. Uh, I don't know. It's one of those weird likes, I guess. Um, she's good. She's going to be good. How about that? Let me rephrase that. She, I think she's going to be good. I think she has that. Along with Candice LeRae, I think she's got the, a, a little bit of a neck factor also. Um, next up was Johnny Wrestling versus Grimes. Cameron Grimes used to be Trevor Lee in Impact. And I had just got done saying last week, man, I wish they'd do something with him. Voila. Thank you, Triple H. I appreciate that. Did you listen to my podcast? If so, I am available for work. <laughs> but, uh, fantastic match. Again, Johnny Wrestling is Johnny Wrestling. Uh, it was just a good match. Johnny went over, as he should have, but well done. What a great match. Cameron Grimes is just a great worker, and I wish they could find something for him. Um, he's one of the guys that I really... I just feel like he, he could really do something maybe if he had a group. Maybe a group? I'm not sure where you go with that. Um, next up was Leo Rush versus Garza. Uh, Rush won. Uh, out comes Devlin. Now this is going to be Jordan Devlin and Leo Rush for the Cruiserweight Championship. I couldn't be more excited for this match. Could be fast-paced, could be great cruiserweight action, probably a lot of luchador stuff with a mix of American NXT TV. Like, I don't know how to explain it. Probably going to have a hot crowd. Uh, probably a lot of hot spots. High spots also. Uh, probably not a lot of filler in this. Probably going to be just high-paced, fast-paced action. I don't know. I think Devlin's going to probably win that. I don't see them giving up the match. Um... As far as NXT, I mean, that was really it. I mean, there wasn't really anything other than that that I really cared about. Adam Cole went over, of course. Um, 
that's it, really. I mean, just advancement, you know, to the Keith Lee, the Kovic stuff. Uh, they did a little promo with that. So, I mean, that's a hot match. That match sells itself. I mean, it's so, so hard to book. Or, or not, I guess I shouldn't say book, but, but critique NXT sometimes. Because it's like, what do they do bad with it? I mean, there's some women's stuff they do. I'm like, eh. And some of the undercard is like, eh. But, I don't know, man. They, they have some really good TV. And I'd probably rate that about the same that I rated uh, AEW. Probably not the greatest NXT show this week. But I think it did what it needed to do. So, we're going to go on to SmackDown. Tonight was SmackDown. Uh, sorry I'm so late. Gosh, it's midnight. So most of y'all probably won't listen to this tomorrow. Uh, sorry I was late. I've had a lot going on this week. Uh, I don't mean to get off of wrestling. Um, I had a few deaths. Uh, people in my life that went away. Um, my baby stutter from when I was a kid. Who actually... Funny thing is, her son loved wrestling. And he was another reason why I got into it also. He would always watch it. Um, but that's neither here nor there. We don't want depressing stuff on here. Uh, but um, I got to watch SmackDown, which was awesome. I finally got to relax, got the house clean, all that good stuff. Uh, biggest thing on the show, the immortal Hulk Hogan returned to the WWE tonight. I thought it was going to be inside the arena. But it wasn't. It was via satellite, and I'm pretty sure that has something to do with his surgery and stuff like that. Probably hard for him to travel right now. He's still recovering from, what, his 10th back surgery. Um, so I'm just going to get into that. Okay. So Michael Cole is talking to Hogan via satellite about the Hall of Fame induction for the NWO. Now, this gets interrupted by The Fiend who comes up with the following announcement has been paid for by the Fire Fun, Fun House, FFH. That was great. Right away, I was like, oh man, this is golden. So, Bray Wyatt cuts the whole Hogan thing. He's cupping the arm. He's doing the Hogan thing. He's doing the NWO thing with the, the belt and all this stuff. And he teases. And I felt Hogan was pretty much putting Goldberg over in this. He was Goldberg's voice. Is he going to be out in the ring with Goldberg? I don't know. But Hogan could easily take a bump from The Fiend because The Fiend's move is the mandible claw. Hogan doesn't need to jump up for that. He could just fall to the ground. I can do that. Like, I mean, anybody can do that. So, I, I don't know. I'm interested to see what's going to happen here. Is Hogan coming back for one match? I hope not against The Fiend. That is not going to be good for Mania. So, let's stay away from that, Vince. You want Hogan to have a match, put him in a tag match or a six-man tag. That'll go over just fine. Um, but yeah, I thought that was a really, really good mind games angle. Uh, Hogan can talk anyway, so putting him with The Fiend did uh, exactly what it needed to do. It just enhanced the Goldberg thing a little bit more, made it a little bit more interesting. I would have liked to see Goldberg tonight, but uh, I think next week it's Goldberg... And then the following week, it's Cena. So, man, they're really... They're trying to bring the big names in for SmackDown. I, I mean, it's it's cool. The veterans are coming back, I guess. I wanted, I still want to see Sting. Uh, I mean, I really do. I want to see Sting and Taker. But from the rumors I'm hearing, we might not get it again. And this is it. We don't get it this year. We're not getting it. So, neither here nor there. Uh, Roman Reigns and a mystery partner tonight. 
We all thought this was going to be somebody who hadn't been on TV for a while. And it ends up being Daniel Bryan. Well, why didn't you just announce that in the beginning? Because it didn't make any sense. You knew they were going to go over anyway. I mean, come on. There, it could have been anybody. How awesome would it have been if it had been Goldberg? That would have been great. Like, that would have been good for ratings. It would have it would have been awesome. And then The Fiend and him could have done something at the end of the show. Because we're, you know, Super Showdown is, I mean, we're almost, we're two weeks away. It's the 14th today. That's the 27th. Yeah, we're two weeks away. We need. I know Goldberg's going to be there next week, but I want to see some stuff with this. Make this match mean a lot. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, we had Carmella. And Bailey, that was the start of, of, of SmackDown. I did bounce, bounce around a little bit uh, with this episode because I want to get to the Hogan stuff because that was important. Um, Carmella and Bailey had a way better match than I expected. Carmella had one of the best matches, and maybe that's the credit to Bailey working in the ring, that she's ever had and actually held my attention the entire time. And after the match got over, I was like, oh, wow. Now, we did have some stuff with Naomi. She came out. Her and Carmella attacked Bailey. Um, they both want the title. So I don't know. They both demanded a rematch during SmackDown. So I don't know if they're going to make this a triple threat match. Maybe. I'm okay with that. That might be interesting. I don't mind triple threat match matches. They actually, it's been a while since we've had a real good, good, good one. So I could see that being pretty decent. So we'll see where that angle goes. Um... A lot with SmackDown, it, it's it's really weird right now. Some of the storylines, I know where they're going, and then there's a couple where I'm like, uh, I don't know. Like this could go either way. So like, especially the Fiend thing. Who is the Fiend going to take on? Are they really going to wait till Elimination Chamber? Uh, that got released too. Uh, the listing, but that's going to change because WWE found out about it. So don't even go by what you read on the internet. You dirt sheet ass clowns. And I'll get on that in the end. I'm going to go on a little rant here in a little bit. And I know everybody likes their Billy Bailey rants. So you're going to hear one. Anyway, back to SmackDown. Uh, Manny Rose and Otis had this Valentine date. This was better than expected because it didn't actually happen. So as he was getting ready to come into the restaurant where Manny was sitting, in walks Dolph Ziggler before he turns the corner. Ziggler, you don't even see what he says to Mandy. Mandy looks up to him. He sits down. Here comes Otis around the corner, drops the roses in his hands after he gets himself all prepped up. And I guess we're going to have an Otis, maybe Heavy Machinery versus Rude and Ziggler feud. Uh, okay, I guess. Uh, gives him something to do. Thank you for booking something for them guys. Uh, better than sitting there watching them do random matches. So we'll see where that goes. Again, there's a lot of SmackDown matches that are like towards the beginning of angles. So I don't know where they're going and it's hard to talk about them sometimes. Um, man, oh man, oh man. Was Elias over tonight? I, man, I've never seen him get a pop like that. So, this was a decent little segment with Sammy coming in protesting and all that with Cesaro. Um, I mean, they attacked... Elias Strowman came down, saved Elias. I don't know where this is going. I really don't. Um, I don't want to sound rude, but I don't really care where it's going. 
honestly. Uh, I want Sami Zayn back in the ring. I like him as a manager, but Sami does great work in the ring, and you can really do good angles with him, and he's good to get somebody over, and heck, he's good for a good, maybe, intercontinental title run. He was awesome in NXT, and I don't know why he got lost in the shuffle. I know the Kevin Owens thing and him kind of went a little bit too long, and maybe that did it. Uh, he did get hurt for a while, so that plays a part. Um, okay. So, that was most of SmackDown. Uh, the tag match at the end was okay. Did what it needed to do. Um, SmackDown was okay this week. Uh, the Hogan thing shined it out. The Fiend thing involved. That was awesome, like I said. A uh, little bit more storyline advancement for a couple things. and We'll see where the rest goes. Uh, tag team titles, though. Let's... I had an idea with this. I don't feel like there needs to be two tag titles because there's not enough tag teams that are good enough to vie for the tag titles. So let me explain myself. There are some guys we don't even get to see every week, like Hawkins and Ryder. Um, Axel and Bo Dallas are a tag team still, as far as the main roster still says on the main page. Um, I don't know where they're going with this tag team division, but I feel like there should be one tag team that goes to every show. Uh... Minus NXT, just the main shows, and you know you can do fatal four-way tag matches and, and make it interesting there. That you never know who they're going to take on every week, and that's just the interest in itself. All right, guys. So that was SmackDown for the week. Uh, again, I want to make sure that y'all like and subscribe the Turnbuckle Takeover. Again, every week we're going to have a new episode dropping. Could be Friday night, could be Saturday. It all depends. Uh, I want to give a big shout out to my wife for continuing to doing the graphics for me as I'm learning how to do this stuff. She puts time and effort into this, and I love her for it, and it's great. Um, so, I was going to do a top five this week, and I was really struggling with this. Because I was like, man, I don't want this to get old or stale. So, this is what I did. I have done a top five WWF tag team matches. So, anything in WWF. E, and really this is more so like WWF 85 to 95. This is not WWF to like 95 to the Attitude Era. That's going to be for next week. That's probably what I'm going to end up doing. Because i got to do this by decades. If I tried to do a top 5 of tag matches from all everything, it would take me forever. So here's what, here's what I did. Here's the list. Hope you enjoy it. Go watch these matches on the WWE Network along with NXT Portland this week coming up. And then next week, it's going to be a long show, probably longer than an hour. I'm probably going to do an hour and 15 because I have the NXT Portland to take over recap to also go through with you guys. And we're going to see what came out of that. Here's the top five this week. Top five WWF tag team matches. Doesn't have to be a world title. It's just tag matches. Number five, LOD. Versus the Nasty Boys, SummerSlam 91 for the WWF Tag Titles. The reason I put this match on here, because this is the match that really put over the LOD in WWF. Uh, what can you say about the Road Warriors? Hawk and Animal is the tag team of tag teams. They are legitimate butt kickers. The Nasty Boys are just brawlers. They brawled all over the ring. They did some crazy spots. It's not. It doesn't all look good, folks, when you watch a Nasty Boys match. But it was a good brawl. It got over to LOD. They were a major part of the tag division for a few years there. So you got to put this match on there. 
Number four, Demolition versus Strike Force, WrestleMania 4. This was the end of Strike Force. Strike Force is done after this. Um, this had a good story. Demolition won the tag titles thanks to Rick Martel not wanting to get tagged in and Tito having to take all the punishment. It had a good story. It set up the Rick Martel Tito stuff. And that's what you got. Demolition is not a ripoff of the Road Warriors. Don't care what anybody says. They were their own identity. You could say maybe they were WWS Road Warriors before the Road Warriors came there. But they didn't knock them off. They had great matches. Uh, number three. This one is so underrated. The Rockers versus the Orient Express. From Royal Rumble 1991. What a high-paced match this was. In and out action. In and out of the ring. Personifies what tag team action is about. Sean and Marty were a great tag team. I love the Rockers. I was a kid. I kind of all. I think I cried when uh, Sean put Marty through the glass. So I mean, I love the Rockers. The fact that they they technically won the tag titles, but they took them away because of the top rope broken heart foundation match, which was so sad because the Rockers would have got the tag titles, and man, what a run they probably would have had. Um, number two is the Steiner Brothers versus Owen Hart and Bret Hart from WrestleFest 94. It was a Coliseum video match. It is a diamond in the rough. Uh, I went and watched this match the other day. I was like, I got to put this on the list. <laughs> I was like, this this is a fantastic match. The Steiners are hard hitting. Bret and, 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 and the Anvil have chemistry, as you know. The Steiner Brothers are just uh, so ahead of their time. So ahead of their time. So, go watch that match. That match, the, the names in itself tell the take. And the number one tag team match, the British Bulldogs versus the Hart Foundation. This is on the best of WWF Volume 7 Coliseum video. Uh, I think you can find this on YouTube because I think that's where I had to go get it. I'm not 100% sure. Um, WWE Network has some... Of the Bulldog Heart Foundation matches, but not too many. It's only like two or three. And they wrestled like 20 times or more. So, just, just have to search. Might have to go on YouTube for that one. But it's number one because those guys, all four had chemistry. They had great matches. And neither one of those tag teams get the just that they deserve. That's the top five for this week. I'm at 50 minutes, so I got some time to rant. If anybody that is a professional wrestling fan believes everything that you hear on the internet, stop. Just stop. And as, the reason I'm saying this is, how awesome would it be if you went and watched a show? Let's say you watched Raw on Monday night. Let's say you stayed off social media all day long. Let's say you could put that little cellular device down out of your hand. And not even look at any rumors or know anybody that's supposed to be there. It's hard to do because WWE actually gives it away 9 times out of 10. Which, they do it for ratings. It's a whole WCW trick. But, I like the shock value. How awesome would it have been if you had turned Raw on? Okay? Maybe there was a shocking surprise. Maybe somebody showed up that... There was, maybe Undertaker showed up and he wasn't even announced to be there. But you knew about it because you read the dirt sheets. 
That's no fun. Quit reading the dirt sheets. I'm telling you everybody and everybody I'm friends with. And I look, I love every one of you guys. But a majority of you read dirt sheets, as I do. And I so I I'm not the only one in this. I can't say that you guys just do it and I don't do it. Because I catch myself doing it. Now I do it more so. There's only one site that I look at. One site. I don't have a bunch of sites I go through all day long. I look at this site maybe once every four or five hours. And mainly they give you updates on the card and the angles. Not so much just a maybe rumor. I don't know if you could say maybe, but like it's a rumor that has a very good possibility of happening. But when you guys go into dirt sheets and you read something, and, and you know, I do a, a lot during WrestleMania season, more so because I'm hoping for Sting and Taker. Y'all know how I feel about that. Um, but my advice to you is, if you really want to enjoy wrestling every single week, stay off the dirt sheets. You'll enjoy it. The problem that we have this day and age is, there's so many ways that we as people, as a society, can go and voice our opinions. Rather it be YouTube, SoundCloud, Mixer, uh, you know, all these messengers, YouTube, Spotify... You can go talk iTunes. You can go and, and say anything you want anytime. But the internet, to me, partly helped ruin wrestling. Some of the angles that they did helped out too. But a majority of the situation came from the dirt sheets now entering the World Wide Web, which made us get the information quicker. And before a show could even take off, we already know what's going to happen. Whereas when the Monday Night Wars were going on, yeah, internet was around and the dirt sheets did start happening. And it was there, but it wasn't as prevalent as it is now. There was like one site, maybe. Um, so I would suggest maybe, you know, try, you want to go on WWE.com and, and you know, see, oh, Hogan's scheduled to be at SmackDown. You want to see Hogan? Okay, different situation. There's nothing you can do to avoid that because WWE's putting it out yourself. So, um, so again, I guess my advice to you on this is don't let the Dave Melsers and the, the Vince Russo's and the, the Russ, I don't want to talk about, you know, you know, bad about these other podcasts and these wrestling shows because, you know, maybe I'll be able to do some joint work with them eventually. That'd be great. But I feel like they over-report sometimes. Like they, 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 they just tend to over say the things over and over and you go on YouTube and it's like Sting versus Taker rumor, Sting versus Taker might happen, or it's going to be AJ Styles versus Taker. You know, we haven't even seen Taker yet. We haven't seen Sting and AJ Styles is coming back at Super Showdown. So I don't know what's going to happen, but wouldn't it just be fun for me to sit back as a fan and be like, that's what happened. Woohoo! Because I'm cool either way, but I want Sting and Taker as a fan. And I'll keep saying that. Because that's what I want. But what we want and what we get, two different things. Um. So that's my little rant for this week. Try to stay off the dirt sheets, folks. Try. Try your best. It will make things so much better for you as a fan. 
So I'm about at the hour mark. This is about where I'm going to end for this week. Uh, again, thank you for tuning in. Spotify, YouTube, every week the Turnbuckle Takeover will be here. Uh, and every week there might be some new things. I'm going to have some graphics. I'm going to see what my wife, the graphic designer, has up her sleeve. She's always coming up with new ideas. She's a, she's a cre creativity bug, and I love it. It's one of the reasons why I love her. Um, so, again, folks, um, check us out next week, because it's going to get better and better every week. I'm Billy Bailey, I'm your host, and I will see you next week on the Turnbuckle Takeover.